You Welcome started. back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rhea Pandit. Pandit. Jeez. I know. God, these uncultured white people. I, I can't even deal need with it anymore. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, let's all introduce ourselves. Welcome back to Sassy Sandy the Three for a very special two-part episode with Rhea and the Sass Boys. Rhea and the Sass Boys. All right, so uh, let's all introduce ourselves with the name, hometown, major, and age. So uh, my name is Rhea Pandit. My hometown is San Diego, California. I'm 20 years old. <laughs> my major is marketing and I'm minoring in law and ethics with a future TBD. And uh, Josh, go ahead, take it away. Yeah, thanks for having us, Rhea. My name is Josh. I'm originally from Los Angeles, California. I am currently 22 years old and a finance major. Not too crazy. Uh, I'm Matt. I'm also from the University of San Diego, and I'm originally from Portland, Oregon. 29 years old. 20 uh, what? 21 years when old. Do you t- when your birthday soon, right? Yeah, birthday when is coming it? up later this month, 30th. Right. So 30th? Couple weeks here. Are we celebrate. Ha- are we having SAS. a prop party? We're yeah. celebrating on SAS. <laughs> Big party. Headed back to Ghana for it. So <laughs> okay. see you there. <clears throat> My name's Carl. Third person that goes, I guess fourth person that goes to University of San Diego. Um, I'm a double major in finance and business admin. 22. And I'm from the great state of Iowa in a city called Des Moines. Yes, so. baby. Des Moines. Big time. Oh, yeah. Guys, thank you so much for being on the pod. We definitely had some technical difficulties. We're definitely feeling ourselves tonight, <laughs> to say the least. Um, but I want to start off. This is going to be a very interesting podcast. We have a very diverse group of listeners listening today. I already know that. Um, but I want to first start by how you guys all know each other. How do you got? How did you guys all meet? So we have Carl, Matt, and Josh, and then myself. And I want to know how you guys all met. If you can recall that and remember mm-hmm. that. All right. If you're cool, we'll go in like a three-way Please. person, so you can kind of hear. I mean, a little bit about each of us. Sure. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I can start about Josh. So I moved in freshman year. I remember San Miguel, three sixteen. So great day. Um, moved in, and Josh was right across the hall from me. So him and Shay. Um, who couldn't be here rest in peace I know. <laughs> but you can probably we ask Josh you. a little bit a um, I was definitely an Iowa bred through and through so I think I scared Josh a little bit being a Southern California boy but I moved in um, had a good freshman year but got to know Josh throughout freshman year and that's kind of how I know Josh so okay Josh how do you know Carl yeah definitely yeah I guess <laughs> Carl pretty much summed it up but yeah he was uh, 100% right there came in full bred Midwestern <laughs> Had to had to kind of teach him the Southern California ways, but that was a lot of fun. We became good friends, started traveling a little bit, and then I guess I'll talk about I guess how I met Matt, and we could kind of jump off that. I sure. actually met Matt through Fraternity Rush, as cliche as it sounds. One of my only good, like very good friends, I met through the process, but it was so much fun. Um, and I ended up traveling with him, brought him in with the group, and the guys kind of already knew him when I met him, so it was kind of a win-win. Nice, Matt. Do you have anything to say about how you guys how you met these two? Pretty much what they said. I mean, I didn't really know him freshman year at all. Uh, sophomore year, I rushed with Josh. Carl was already in. I can hear myself pretty okay, good. Okay, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, rushed with Josh. Carl was already in. Welcome to Sin. They kind of had a, already had their own friend group, and I was kind of looking for one, and I liked their vibes. So yeah, their vibe is so dope. The long haul, and now we're here. That's amazing. That's Dream amazing. Team. Dream team. Seriously, how did we all know each other? I met Carl. How do you? 
What do you remember where we met? Yeah, it would have been sophomore year, I guess, our lit requirement. Our with, lit with requirement. With Lisa Smith. Yeah, <laughs> we read Smith. all those, I guess. Japanese this is somewhat books. of a cultural podcast, so we did have a lot of cultural <laughs> reading. But um, I guess, and, and Josh is in that class too. So um, it was definitely interesting, but that's, you know, that's how I got That's how we you, met. So. Yeah. And then I met Matt, Matt through Pataka. Do you want me to turn the volume down? I can turn no, it down. Good. Okay. I met, I met Matt yeah. through Pataka, Pataka and I had seen his work on Instagram and I was like, Flickman. I'm going to email this guy Flickman. We're going to post it in the bio. And I met Josh when I came over to do accounting homework with Lawson at your guys' Vista's That's apartment. That's right. And I met Josh and Shay there for the first time. Sorry for that. Um, and I wanted to talk about initially like first impressions that you guys had of everybody. Oh, and I, I'll, I'll start. I'll start. My first impression of Carl. <laughs> my first impression of Carl when I first saw him, and I'm going to be very honest, like we said, we, we had the agreement that we're going to be honest. I might pull my headphone out for this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting a phone call. My Uber's here. I got to go. My Uber's here. Um, my first impression of Carl, I really, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm really not trying to be rude. It's fine. But, I, <laughs> but I thought for one second that maybe might for well one second. Two seconds. If you were albino, oh. because you're so <laughs> you're so blonde, Carl, and I was like, "Is this it's guy?" Not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's it's a natural problem. No, but you're just Iowa blonde, and it's beautiful. And I'll tell you something. There was someone in some. You were brought up. I specifically remember the sophomore year. I remember seeing you and Lawson. I was like, these these two guys are like a dream team. They're like buddies. They're chilling. They're hanging out. And uh, Lawson, if you're listening to this, hello to you. Um, not really, actually. <laughs> I'm going to put a little beep in there. But um, I just want to say, I remember this girl was talking about you. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know Carl Rasmussen. Um, he's in, shoot, I didn't mean to name drop you like that. But I was like, oh, yeah, I know Carl. He's in my English class. And she's like, he's so hot. And I was like, really? And she was like, yeah, I think he's so good looking. And then I remember being like, let me let me look at him in that light in class. And then I was like, Papa Cold Money. And I was like, oh yeah, Carl is a good looking guy. And then I was like, okay, Carl. And then what really impressed me, I remember, because my initial impression of Carl was like, frat guy, white, blonde, blue eyes <laughs> from Iowa. Typically. What does he have to offer on the table really not besides much. knowing, not much, <laughs> besides knowing how to, <coughs> you know, crack open a... Husk corn, yeah. No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> and... I remember we were having this group discussion, you, me, Lawson, and we were talking about what we were going to write in our essays for Murakami's book. Fair enough. And what you said was so insightful and so bright. And I was like, this guy actually might be smart. <laughs> I like how you just assumed I was a stupid person. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's my first impression. When I met Josh, I was like, he's a cool guy. He's just their roommate. And when I met Matt... I emailed Matt because I started the Bollywood dance team on USD. I started the first ever Bollywood dance team on Shout USD's campus. And I'm going to get into that because I have some topic. afterthought things I want to talk about. Uh-oh. You know? Yikes. And when I met... <laughs> yikes, literally. And when I met Matt, I was like, this guy is talented and he's professional and he knows how to craft his work and be accepting of a different culture. 
And that's what I thought of you guys. And now from you guys, I want to hear what was your first impression of each other and your first impression of me. Yeah, I can go first on this one. (laughs) I have some pretty specific memories. No, but I think it's funny how we kind of see the first impressions and how those morph over time. I remember specifically, Carl might have the biggest first impression I've ever met. Just, first of all, being super nice Midwestern guy. Um, guy. Didn't really know anyone from the Midwest. Super nice. Kind of caught me off guard there. Very friendly, almost overly friendly. But he had a specific (laughs) outfit, I remember, that I was like, man, this guy's definitely not from San Diego. He came. In, he had a sweater vest that I don't think I've ever seen one of those. It was fire. And uh, some blue jeans, and he, he was ready to go. So that was Carl. Um, he kind of morphed, but I knew he was the same. He's still the same good guy. He always was super genuine, um, kind of became good friends kind of off that vibe. And Matt, um, first impression of him, I guess, was kind of – I didn't really know him very well. So we t- got became friends really fast and kind of discovered who we knew very quickly. But he was just like another guy in the process that I met, and it was a lot of fun and kind of a big mystery when I first met him. Mystery guy. That's pretty good. Mystery guy. I'll take it. That's sweet. I'll take what it. about Matt? I was a mystery guy. Oh, you were the yeah. mystery guy. He is a little bit of a mystery. Yeah. I think so, yeah. I've been hearing that word. All right, you want to go? Sure, I can go. So, like I said, Josh was right across the hall from me. Josh, to me, was the like quintessential Southern California guy. So yeah, literally. I show up to USD. I mean, like everyone said, the Midwest guy who doesn't really know what's going on. And I looked at Josh and Shay, like I said, his roommate. I was like, okay, if I can mirror myself after these guys, maybe I'll fit in at this place. Because I didn't know anyone at USD. I guess I knew one person at USD um, that kind of showed me USD just as a school in general. But I came, I'm like, okay, if I can, if I can model myself after these guys, maybe I'll be good. Um, so Josh, to me, initially I thought he was like the skater type. And turns, <laughs> out Josh is, turns out Josh is not like that at all. At all. He doesn't own a skateboard. Exactly. <laughs> but Josh, to me, is like Tilly's, Zoomies, PacSun. Yes! Pack together. No, no, but like in the best form possible, right? Yeah, so, yeah, So Josh, literally. like, off the record, like, told me how to dress in Southern California to fit in. <laughs> you so, did? Yeah. 100%. I didn't know that. It was right. like I was going back to fifth grade. Wait, what were you wearing? Like sweater vests, khakis, loose khakis. Sweater vests khakis. and... Khakis? Long sleeve oh, shirts, khakis, blue jeans. Khakis are in and And one basketball shorts. And one basketball shorts. They think I was wearing and one basketball shorts. I've never owned a On the record, he was wearing and one basketball shorts. On the record, my shorts went over my knees because that was cool in middle school. Whatever. So I showed up, and Josh showed me, like, this is how you do it. So that was kind of my initial impression of Josh. That's sweet. My initial impression of Matt was kind of like what Josh said, the mysterious guy, but definitely, like, very talented. So I met, like Josh, or like Matt said, met him sophomore year. It's like, okay, this guy's got an interesting vibe to him. He's got, you know, a multi, he's definitely multifaceted, so he's got a lot of things going for him. Um, but he's very passionate. I think that was the thing that I like really sucked on to. So um, for the viewers that don't know Matt, Matt's like a very passionate person that really dives yeah. in head first I to what he does. I, I agree. Um, and then finally you. So Rhea, I met you in our lit class. Yeah. I was like, okay, this this girl's got it together. You know, like you said, thank you for the compliment. But you had very insightful um, topics on what you talked about in Lisa Smith's class. So that was great. Um, but also you have a way of carrying yourself that's, um, not only confident, but welcoming to others. So, you know, you can have everyone else join the conversation, but you also know how to drive it and steer in the right direction. So that was kind of my initial impression of you. I was like, okay, this girl's got it. 
like knows what's going on and you know knows how to handle the crowd. So very impressed by you initially. So, so and, and and continued to be impressed. So, so. sweet, so nice. Josh, you want to hit your impression of Rhea before I go? Yeah, so good idea. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I did miss that. Initial impression, you probably didn't know. I, I'm yeah, my initial impression was a little bit different because I really didn't know you. Yeah. I've kind of like my friends knew you, so I automatically just acted like I knew you. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> you know that's the classic where I think you know you. Let's act like we know each other. Yeah. But um, you made that super easy. I know you're really nice and talkative from the jump. We've talked to things from schooling to having fun to. Um, traveling like right off the bat, so that was really cool. Just initially, just really when down the earth. When did we like initially? I think it was in the friends. SLP, and then we started talking. But then I think yeah, one time we were I sat down with Carl. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we were talking about right. Carl. Yeah, I remember. That's right. That's right. But yeah, good times. Yeah, I think we, you and I became friends like over small periods of interactions, mm. and it was like I saw you at the tram, or I saw you at SLP, or like yeah. I saw <laughs> you somewhere else, and I was like, we would just make small interactions about things we knew, like. Hickman or like Carl or Lawson and like at Paloma one time remember we yeah, had that conversation that's right, that's right that's yeah right. and then we became really good friends yeah Josh and I like you a lot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hickman keep going Hickman has a very Hick, what's hurting you what ours keeps it? going crazy really here just maybe keep it a little further away there you go yeah, but just my, speak louder in the or should I put my electronic devices really close to it <laughs> just keep it far away okay you got it um your impression of these two and then later of me i'm interested to hear your because you saw a little psycho side of me okay i'll start with you okay so i'm nervous i these guys knew ria before i knew ria and so i kind of heard from them and they're like oh ria this ria that ria this what what did you hear i want to know i want to know i don't know you just always like there's always funny stories around ria she was always doing something funny something cool which is cool like you weren't boring and you were always excited about something which is dope so I was excited to meet you. And then uh, Pataka at USD.com email comes through to me. <laughs> I emailed you, I remember. I should have DM'd yeah. you or something. I was so professional. No, I like, hi, dear Matthew. <laughs> right, right, dear Matthew. Because I carry myself the same way. Like, you want to be professional, which yeah. I respect. So yeah. that was cool to see. And so then we got the chance to work together. And everyone's like, oh, you, get to, you finally get to be with Rhea. So that was, that was lit. We got to do a project together. Yeah. And show off. So you were the videographer for our Bollywood dance team. Right. And that was a very... I was picking... I was thinking between you and Dane. Yeah. And Shout I know Dane a little bit, but like, he seems really closed off. Like, to people who don't know him. You know? Like, he just seems like a shy guy. Mm-hmm. Like, Carl and Josh are very open. They're walking a room. It's like they light up a room. Dane is kind of like, this is my amazing project. And I walked in the room. <laughs> not, not, not like that. Not like that. But I was like, I don't know this guy, but I liked your content. I looked right. through your Instagram and I was like, I need a videographer to spread this like wildfire. Yeah. And I want to talk about Pataka a little bit with you mm-hmm. later, but I want to hear about your impression with Carl yeah, and Josh. So Pataka talk will be like hour three, hour four. So just hang on people. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Literally. But yeah, so Josh and Carl... I mean, I kind of met them at similar times. My first impressions were, it was kind of different because, yeah, it was kind of different because me and Josh were rushing together. Carl was already into the fraternity we were rushing. Already president. Not quite, but yeah, he was, he was super sick. But I saw those two and like, I had a good friend, Carter, who was already friends with them. Shout out Carter. We Shout love out you, Carter. Carter. Shout out Carter. Um, I mean, just Carter. Um, I saw them all hanging out and stuff, so... And like, just heard through him that they're a dope, dope dudes. So I was, I was kind of looking for a group, and like, 
wasn't really pleased where I was at as far as like meeting people and stuff. So I heard about them and like all the cool stuff they were doing and how they like were driven and also like love like doing cool stuff. So I was like interested right off the bat, got to meet Josh through Rush. That was an instant connection. Like obviously you're rushing with a bunch of kids, you're all in the same situation, same same problems, easy to talk to kids, but like instantly hit it off. And so we were super good friends through pledging. Oof, sorry, yeah, check guys. that. Yeah, I got to meet them both through the fraternity. First impressions, I don't know. I was like honestly kind of hooked on them before I met them because I was like, I've heard about what they're into. So like, I have like nothing Molly like really bad to say. Met. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, so like, and it sounded like the type of dudes I wanted to be around. So I kind of just forced myself. All right, so that's amazing. Like, I really feel like it's amazing how senior year now we're all here and everything's kind of connecting together. Um, but I just wanted to talk about Pataka really quick. So Pata- I wanted to say this on the record because for whoever else is listening, this is very intensive. So I start for people who don't know, I started the first ever Bollywood dance team at USD. USD is a primarily white campus. There's not a lot of Indian people. There's not a lot of Asian people. There's like maybe five or six Indian people, maybe a little bit more than I know. And I start and I came up with the idea of creating a Bollywood dance team, which many other schools across the United States have. Okay, and the that semester, when I look back at it, people say hindsight is twenty twenty. Right. Okay. The rumors that were spread about me and the bullshit that was said about me which was like Rhea is power hungry she's a tyrant she's a bitch she's crazy she's obsessive she wants to control everyone that was something that was said about me because I took I created an organization from the ground up and I spread it like wildfire across USD's campus okay can you hear me you can hear me, right? Yeah, I th- yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. No? Okay. So, basically, that was... No, listen, that was spread about me, okay? People from within Pataka were saying that. People from outside of Pataka were saying that. And that was because in order to... In order to create all these people, get everyone together, and create an organization from the ground up, and make sure the school had never seen anything like that and to push an organization like that which broke the glass ceiling of like cultural barriers is not an easy thing to do I had to be a little crazy because controlling not controlling but but managing 18 and 19 year olds who had just graduated college who were joining the dance team and we won Best New Emerging Organization oh, wow. from, from AS. Every single person on campus knew about us. There, people are still DMing us to this day. When are you having tryouts? Damn. Can we sponsor you for t-shirts? Can we do all this? I get all of those emails still. Because I had to be a little bit aggressive and have confidence in what I want to do, I got so much backlash. And yeah, did I take everybody to the highest cliff and push them off a little bit? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe I did do that. But initially when I met Matt, I was like, this guy is just our photographer. And everyone on our team had the biggest crush on you. I don't know if you know that. (laughs) 
But everyone on our team was like, oh my God, when is Matt coming to film us? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, Matt's coming tomorrow. They were like, okay, I'm going to make sure I wear a full face of makeup. <laughs> Straight up. But yeah, so I, anyways, that was definitely a project where I burnt everybody out. I burnt myself out. I was ready to go abroad and we'll get into abroad later. But I definitely felt like it was a successful thing where everybody knew about Pataka. I'm just bummed I don't have the manpower. Mm. I don't have the manpower. I need Indian people who have grown up in that culture and maybe white people who are, and people of other races as well, who are appreciative of Indian dance and Bollywood dance to get into that group. The amount of effort, energy, and everything else it takes to create a team like that is very intensive. And I'm so grateful for you. Actually, I have a story for you. Okay. So remember when I was texting you? I We've never actually talked about this. But remember when I was texting you and I was like, you need to be at the showcase. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? And you were like, no, I can't. That's our pajama jam. Mm-hmm. Oh, I Do you remember? <laughs> and Carter, sorry to name drop you, Carter. But Carter had said, Fli- Flickman was telling me like, oh, I'm texting Rhea. And she's like, I need to be at the showcase. And I have to actually be a pajama jam. And Carter was like, I don't know if you really want to mess with Rhea. She's kind <laughs> of an intense person. She's mm-hmm. kind of aggressive. And then you actually had stood your ground. And you were like, no, you never told me I needed to be at showcase. You never told me any of that. And I was like, this guy's smart. Like, this guy's smart. And I've met a lot of guys who just fall for kind of anything that I say. And mm-hmm. not anything I say, but like, guys who don't stand who don't put their ground yeah and i'm so excited to see where your career in photography and video is going to take you because i see the improvement you've made in the past year the difference between us like filming a pataka video which was so new to you like i i remember you being there and being like i don't know how the (laughs) hell to like get this shit together like all these indian people dancing like i don't know what to do (laughs) and flickman has really grown so much from all of that and that's all i wanted to say about that but yeah so i'm glad that we got to work on that now that we're on such a such non-professional terms hell yeah (laughs) we're on friendly terms now um Now we have to bring this up because I know a lot of people from this boat trip. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say it. I want to talk about SAS. I want to talk about SAS because I want to know not only from the experience you guys had, how did you guys all decide to go on SAS together? <clears throat> Was Carl the driving force no. between everybody? What happened? How did you guys all decide to go to Europe together, spend two weeks, and then go on this? Can you guys explain what SAS is for people who don't know? They're like, what the hell is SAS? What is SAS? Carl, you want to take it away or whoever wants to take it away? Yeah, I mean, I can break down SAS and then one of the other guys can take how we got there. But I guess semester at sea is four months, so a semester of college uh, aboard a boat. So it's about 500 kids. 250 staff, so mm-hmm. roughly you get close to 800 people on this boat when you mix in everyone else. But it's like anyways, a cruise ship, a exactly. party cruise ship. Yeah. It, well, I would yeah. call it party cruise ship. We'll get to that later. <laughs> anyways, I mean, it was, you know, 800 people on a boat and you spend four months on it together. So we mm-hmm. started in Hamburg, we ended in San Diego. We basically circumnavigated the, uh, the earth, except, you know, the Atlantic Ocean. But we had. Um, I mean, I guess I'll go back a little bit. I heard about SAS when I did my college tour, you know, my senior year of high school. Oh, I was wow. like, okay, this is kind of crazy. 
I can be on a cruise ship for four months. You know, I'd done cruise with my family, but only for a week. And I was like, okay, if I can extend this to four months, why would I not do this? So essentially it was an academic cruise for four months. Um, it started, like I said, it started in Germany and in San Diego. So that's kind of the breakdown of SAS. You take your class on the boat and you go explore the places you go. But I'll let one of these other guys explain how we got there and, you know, our pre, pre-SAS uh, journeys. Yeah, I'll talk about a little how we kind of all ended up on the boat. Um, yeah, it was pretty random, I would say. I came out of football not sure if I was going abroad or not. And it was kind of just one of those by default things at USD. Everyone pretty much does it. So I kind of started looking. I was considering Australia, Prague, and SAS was the last one. And really, it just stood out to me. I could see so much of the world in really four months when I really previously have seen very little. And I think it was a no-brainer. And I thought one thing that was really cool with our journey and our close-knit friend group that actually all went on it together who previously have lived together it was all kind of a bunch of individual decisions it wasn't like let's get this huge group and go on SAS together as a lot of people really? thought it was yeah. more I like thought it was I want to go abroad I want to go abroad together and we're like I want to go on SAS um, I want to go here wow. um, and then we're like okay I guess we all want to do this individually so yeah so what do you think Matt wasn't Dane first like, yeah Dane, Dane was, was first zone, Dane was and then first. I was kind of I'm pretty sure I was next second, and then yeah. You barely squeaked in, right? I barely, me and Shay barely squeaked in. Where were you? In. Somewhere in between? I was somewhere in the middle. In between. Yeah, so. What were you Josh. picking between? I was between SAS and Prague. Same. Okay, because, I mean, little backstory, our fraternity, everyone's like, I mean, it's split half, well, it's not quite split, but everyone's like, Prague, you got to do it centrally located, you can travel everywhere, and then you have another group that says, SAS, you know, it's the best thing to do, so definitely yeah. do that. So, you know, I was kind of bouncing between those two, and, yeah. and, you know, against popular opinion, I guess, it was all a very individual decision. So wow, it was, it was I didn't not know a group, that. Group, I actually didn't know that. I thought no. it was all of you no, guys. We all signed up at different times. We all signed up at different times, yeah. And I think there is, like, something to be said. There's definitely a type of person that's made for SAS and made for Prague. Like, it's not for everyone, both sides. Like, I don't think I would have enjoyed Prague as much as everyone else did. Like, yeah. I think I would have got sick of it at the end. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's a lot of people that would have loved SAS as much as I did. So it's kind of to each their own, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then once you guys all found out that you're going on SAS, what was the next move? I remember Carl and I had marketing together, and you were like, I was, he's like, I'm going to Europe in summer. I was like, really? You're going with your parents? Like, no, I'm going with my friends. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Right? I mean, yeah. is it, that's, that was like the classic move. We're like, okay, so if we can't have the product experience, and not saying that we did in two and a half weeks, but we're like, okay, let's recreate it the best we can. So, you know, all of us were like, okay, let's go to Europe for two and a half weeks prior. Love so that. we all went and explored. We had, you know, actually... I'll speak for just Josh and I, but we had different opinions on where we wanted to go. You know, I wanted to spend more time in, in Northern Europe and he wanted to go down to more Southern Europe and, you know, Coast. Italy, Croatia mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, let's break off halfway. So that's kind of what we did. And we, I we, remember that. we exactly, we explored Europe separately for parts and we explored it together in parts. And that was kind of our Europe experience, I guess, because SAS really didn't hit Europe except for Germany and Spain, which right. is, you know, not representative not the of the no. at all. Yeah. So um, that was kind of our, like, okay, be all end all of what we can get in Europe before yeah. we leave. And we saw Prague. Yeah, we, we, Prague. we visited our friends at Prague. That was super fun. lit. That's awesome. Yeah, I know Shout you guys met up with Loss. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. When you guys got on the boat, <laughs> everyone's starting to cry when you guys got on the boat 
what was we we talked about this in Tokyo when we actually met up, right? Mm-hmm. What was like the moment where you guys were like when you guys I, I want to know when you guys met those guys that I met in Tokyo, mm-hmm. Willie, Gavin, shout out to you guys if you're listening. I hope you guys are. We'll send it to them. Willie, Willie, Gavin, Wyatt, John, all those guys. When you met That's up with them, that. You guys came to Tokyo and you guys were like a mega frat group. <laughs> and I was like, where did they find these guys? Tell me about your experience a little bit when you got on the boat. Did you guys miss your family? What was <laughs> a lot of not, not I a lot. I love my mom and I love my dad. I love my family. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, I, talking to my family, how we met the friends. I just want to know, every, like, I just want to know if you have to tell someone about SAS. What was it like when I know it's I know it's five to six months Just of talk, yeah. being in the best dream you could possibly be in okay. and trying to condense it in a few sentences. I know it's very hard. I I promise you I know, but I want to know. So I'll, I'll start off by saying semester at sea is a very unique program. Um, coming from USD, a lot of people do it, so it's not as weird to go. But most of these countries, uh, sorry, most of these universities, there's only one two people that come. So it's very rare to see someone on Semester at Sea. So Semester at Sea tends to attract a very similar kind of niche group of people. And these people tend to get along really well. So going on SAS for us, we had a very good experience. We literally met great friends within a day or two of joining the ship. And that was just because you're on a ship with 500 students that are pretty much exactly like you. Mm -hmm. Just because the similar pool of people. And I thought that was really cool. It made the experience uh, super awesome. And that's why I'd encourage anyone to do it. Because if you want to do SAS, it's really meant for you. You'll, you'll, you will meet a lot of people that will be beneficial to you relationship-wise, long-term. And just a very awesome, unique group of people. Tell me about your experience, though. Like, when you guys got on, what was the kind of go-to move? All right, Matt, go for it. So I'd say, like, you kind of don't really know what you're getting yourself into until you get on the ship. So, like, you go to Europe, you travel around, you're like, okay, we're studying abroad because we're not in America. But you don't really understand the whole ship part until literally the day you get on. You sign all these forms. You don't really know what you're signing. You meet some people. You get on. The boat pulls away from the dock, and you waved goodbye to all the parents there with signs. And then you're like, damn. Yeah. And then 30 minutes later, yeah. you're in the middle of the ocean. And you're like, damn. Really? Like, we're really out here. Wow. <laughs> and then you look around and you see your best friends. And you're like, let's go meet some people. Wow. Right, wow. yeah. And so then after that, and then meeting, like, everyone on Spencer C is like, it takes a certain type of person to go. So once What you do you think that type of person is? Well, it's How not, would you describe the type of person who can go on SAS? Anyone can go, but... It, the people that actually pull the trigger are usually people that are risk takers, curious about the world. Like, they're just adventurers. Not to sound like super weird, but like, it, honestly, everyone we met was like, it's kind of taking a leap of faith to go on there. Like, yeah. when I came home, the question people asked the most is like, what was it like living on a ship? Like, that's the thing that people can't get over is like living on a ship. I was like, it's yeah. a cruise ship. Right? Yeah, it's, like, it's literally that what was you the best part of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, so you pull away from the dock. You see your friends, you're like, all right, let's go meet some people. Yeah. And then you, like, the first 10 people you run into are all super dope. They're from all over the country or mm-hmm. even all over the world. Mm-hmm. My roommate was from Afghanistan. Wow. One of the coolest guys I met. And we talk every night and have very interesting conversations that I would never get to have at home. Wow. Yeah. So just like instantly, first week, 
I'm like, damn, this is super sick. Yeah. Let's see what we can do in these next four months. And Carl was telling me, like, Carl, you can touch on this. When we met up in Tokyo, you were, like, talking about how there was no technology and how it was so different from the daily life you lived. And if you want to go into that more, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean, quick backtrack. You, you know, you ask the right people on SAS. Um, I, had, I had that question a lot when I got home. And it was, I mean, the answer, I guess, I came up with is people that thrive being uncomfortable. Um, I definitely think that was the case because it really was four months of being uncomfortable, whether you were on the boat, you know, hitting 25 foot swells in on the way to South Africa, or if you were on a moped in the middle of Myanmar, you know, having no idea where you're at. Cause it was a complete, and not that other study abroad programs aren't uncomfortable because they definitely are. Yeah. Um, it was just constant of, you know, being yeah. out of your comfort zone and you never and you really felt like you were settled in. Adaptable. Right? Exactly. Totally. Exactly. You have to be adaptable. So, uh, but going to your point, it was a complete technology withdrawal. I remember when I went home, um, December 23rd, I met up with my best friend from, from high school, Drake, shout out Drake. Shout out Drake. Listening. Um, but he's like, you know, have you been following, you know, basketball and have you been following football and, you know, have you been following politics and everything like that? And I was like. Dude, no. honestly, I have no <laughs> idea what happened because, I mean, you get to these countries for five days and it's not your priority to check mm-hmm. what's been happening in politics or who won the basketball game, right? Yeah, totally. You know, you're so. exploring new places yeah. with new people. Exactly. Loki, you're getting new music Friday from Scotland. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> exactly, right? And, and That's then, about it. And, and then you're texting your parents you love them and then you're hopping on maps to find out where you're going next. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, that really was the uh, checks on how we went. So it was a complete withdrawal from everything else, which everyone talks about, oh, you know, you should definitely do that. You know, it's good for you. Would 100% endorse because Mm -hmm. I really do feel like stepping back, um, having two hour lunches with people and just talking. Yeah. About life. Getting to know people one-on-one. Exactly. I mean, it's really beneficial. And I know sometimes normal life doesn't really facilitate something like that. Yeah. But if you can find a way to incorporate that in your real life, even if it's on a weekend, you know, even if you're doing it on Saturday with friends and doing two hours of no technology and having lunch together. It's different. It really is awesome. So I want to hear... I want to hear your best stories from the best countries. Go. I'm going to just be quiet for the next one. Josh, okay, let me, let me think. Uh, best stories from best countries. We've had a lot of crazy stories. Okay, I'll talk about one. It goes back to Ghana. I love that. Ghana. We've had a lot of good times in Ghana. But let me set the stage for a little bit. So, long story short, we rented a van um, in Ghana on the when you stop there in semester at sea the way it works is they drop you off for two days you could come back on the ship and then they take you up from tema to takarati if you want to risk it for the biscuit you want to do your own thing you could risk it and drive up there which we're the only ones on the ship who decided to do that of course because we're not trying to get back on the boat we're trying to maximize our time on land so being us um want to go to takarati by our own we want to stop at a treehouse on the way I'll, I'll kind of expedite this part of the story, but long story short, we got there, had a very fun van ride there. That was supposed to be one hour. Ended up, ended up being eight hours. But on the way back is when it got interesting. We thought all things were going well. We're going to meet everyone on the ship on time. We're bumping music. We're playing Big Booty Mix 14 in the background. <laughs> um, you, could, you could imagine it. We have a van of, I think, probably seven people um, driving with our driver who's doing awesome. And out of nowhere... And we get stopped, and these uh, local guys are kind of banging on the windows. We're like, okay, what's going on? 
Um, we root on the window. Our driver starts talking to them. We're like, okay, maybe it's his friend. Like, maybe it's something normal. This happens all the time. We don't know kind of the way the streets run around here. And then they just won't leave us alone. And the thick accent, so it's hard to hear the exact situation. And they eventually get in the car. And we're kind of like, okay, the car's Wait, full. Wait, they get in the yeah, car? Yeah, they're in the car. So these, yeah, they so got, these people who were talking to the driver just yes, got in the car? they got in our car. They have like... Costumes yeah. Got inside our These police Halloween costumes. Yeah. Yeah. We thought we were chilling. Yeah. Yeah. We thought the driver. We thought these were his homeboys just jumping in the car, and there was no room, so that's a little weird. We're like, okay, just jump on in, and then so we're trying to make conversation. We're trying to meet people. We're like, hey, like, what's your name? Our other friend asks, like, oh, like, how are you doing today? And our other friend Dane asks, hey, can I take a picture with you guys? Oh my god. And they're like, uh, no. Look forward and we're like okay that's kind of weird and then we stop um we stop at the next like <laughs> stop sign forward. yeah and then we stopped at the next stop sign and we're like okay this must be our stop we're helping out our friends uh, my friend she gets out to let them out of the car and we suddenly realize these guys aren't getting out of the car we're like this is kind of interesting maybe they didn't see it to stop um we're just like oh here guys you guys are here you guys are ready and they're like no and so they continue to just sit in our car and we're baffled and the people who we thought were new new friends ended up uh, kind of almost taking us hostage in a, in a matter where they're demanding all of our money. Turns out they weren't our friends, but they wanted all of our money. And we're like, oh my gosh, what's Wait, going on here? Wait, are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. They asked you for your money? Yeah, and they, are, they, got in a, they got in a yelling match with our they got in a yelling match with our driver. And we're like, okay, this is awkward. And they're telling us that if we didn't give them all our money we had, they would take the van away from us. Our driver would be sent to jail. And we, would, um, and we would be pretty much stranded. Meanwhile, we're about three hours away from the ship. The ship's leaving later on that day, and we're kind of screwed. So um, kind of a fun story ended up being where we um, eventually worked it out, gave them enough money. But these people who we thought we were friends trying to be buddy-buddy with ended up pretty much taking all our money and Wait, so leaving us high guys, and dry. Wait, so you guys did end up giving them yeah, your money? Yeah, we had to. We had to. Other, or prison. Or prison, yeah. Really? So who were they? Who were these guys? They're like transit cops that just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, honestly, I'll take full responsibility for this because I let our driver down the one That's honestly what it was. Surprise, Google Maps doesn't work in the middle of the And I had this one. I was like, yo, so was it on the Rasmussen group to pay it off? No, it was on the cash tab. Low-key, everyone Everyone handled it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't that bad. That's wild. That's wild. Okay, so that's... But you got, were you guys scared or no? Not really. We thought they were our friends. Yeah. <laughs> we were happy. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, when I want to hear about what it was like for you guys to go to India. Because I've been to India several times. I'm not going to be offended if you guys hate it. I'm not going to be offended. It's a very different country. It's a very different country. So don't be like, oh, I have to be like nice about it. I'm, be honest. Yeah, be honest. All right. So India was behind Ghana, my biggest culture shock. Honestly, probably my biggest culture shock. Definitely Absolutely. the biggest. So Absolutely. Ghana was the biggest because it was my first ever like, yeah. big culture shock. But yeah. India was like biggest. So yeah. you pull up to India and we we ported in Cochin, which is not like the biggest yeah. city. It's no. kind of just a random thing. And we didn't really know what we were doing. And so we popped out and then we have one day there. So we get in this, we just want to take a taxi and just see the city, right? So we get in the taxi known as a tuk-tuk there yeah or all are known as a rickshaw or rickshaw yeah, yeah. rickshaw so super small doesn't fit too many people and 
kind of like a a bike that has like an, a motor. Yeah, 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 it is exactly. And we don't really know how things work, so we don't really know where we want to go. We just want to like go see the city. Were people speaking English? Or yeah, not? kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah pretty, pretty good, good English. English okay. Yeah. We. I yeah. mean, we were ruled by the British for three hundred years, so it's kind of like yeah. that sucks. Yeah. Was there you go. <laughs> Anyways, keep yeah, so going. Yeah. So in the rickshaw, and we just told him to take us to the city. We want to go to the shops, and so he says, "Okay, we get in, pile in, get on the ox." Stop. There's no ox. Are you kidding no me? No ox in India. There's literally no ox. There's no ox. No ox. Yeah, there's no. You're joking, right? Yeah, there's no ox. I've tried to be on the ox, and there's yeah. no way. And so he takes us to, let's see, took us on this little circuit, and I think the first place we went to was a statue store. You guys <laughs> My know, you guys know statues, right? <laughs> What statue? Literally just like little... Indian gods? Indian okay, gods. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we go and we're like, hey man, this is, this is not where we wanted to go. <laughs> he's like, no, just go check it out. Like, I know he's like a good friend of mine. Yeah, so he gets commission if you guys buy anything. Yeah, but we didn't know this at the time. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Later, you figure out it's all a big Ponzi scheme. Yeah. <laughs> they all know each other. They're all it's trying true. to plug each other's businesses. Which is respect. Yeah. You're plug your friend. But we get in there... And we're like, okay, we want to buy these statues. Yeah. Right now. How do yeah. we bring these home? We're just, we're just us. So we, we do the mandatory 30 minutes, hop back in the rickshaw, and then. Mandatory and then, 30 minutes. <laughs> and we watch the gemstone store. Uh huh. We, <laughs> we pull up to the rubies, you know. <laughs> but okay, so the in coaching. Story, they take you on this little circuit where, dude, they took us to a washing, like, where the people wash clothes room. I don't even know if to buy there. <laughs> They're like, here, touch this iron, $5. <laughs> Literally, I think the sales pitch was, do you want to, you know, wash your clothes like we do? And honestly, someone bid on it. I remember watching someone buy it. I guess it worked. That's that amazing. Good. But they take you on a circuit, because, like, you can ask to go anywhere, and they're going to drop you off five different times. You're going to have to see a couple things. That's just kind of how it works there. We saw a bunch of, like, it was kind of interesting, but, like, not really what we signed up for. And then we finally made it to the, uh, we wanted to buy some clothes for the Taj Mahal. Yeah, you yeah. Want to pull up looking like tourists. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw that picture of you guys yeah, you in all the kurtas, I was like, "Wow, you Carl in that blue drip." I was like, "Wow, you guys look good." Right, and then so Josh was wearing pants. pants. <laughs> Why isn't well, Josh wearing pants? I thought it was a dress. So we, we get to. The place where we're buying our clothes, the Taj Mahal. Yeah. And this is all confirmed by our driver, who said, "This is definitely what you're gonna want to wear." <laughs> Trust me, everyone else is gonna wear it. <laughs> and so, this stuff looks like it's made at the T-shirt mark down the street. Like it is not very good quality and stuff. No, and they're yeah. Pitching us like eighty, ninety dollars. Yeah, you can haggle that. Rupees. You mean. I paid one hundred ninety-eight no, no, U.S. dollars. U.S. dollars. U.S. dollars. One hundred ninety-eight. So no, ripped. Yeah, <laughs> You guys got so ripped off. So they start you off. I thought I got a good deal because my guys started at like 300. I got them down to like 80. I was like, you guys got screwed. But their guys started like 100 and they got down to 50. So I got screwed. Uh, but yeah, so we, we all get overpriced little... Cortas. Uh, Cortas. Cortas. Yeah. The guy said yeah. we should wear the Taj Mahal. Yeah, you should. You guys all looked really fire in that picture. I was in Tokyo like, mm, okay, right, right. I can't wait till these guys pull up in Tokyo. Anyway. And just pull up and nobody else is wearing it, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we get the oh 
okay, so we buy the overpriced ones, but then later, like the next day, we go to like the H and M of India. <laughs> what is that? Like, actually, I don't know what it was called, but it had like very reasonably priced versions of them that were way nicer quality than the ones that we bought. Mm-hmm. And we all bought. I bought another set because I was like, I now I realize I got screwed. The yeah, day before, yeah, yeah. But yeah. So we buy the the actual versions, and then the, and now we're all like we're gripped out, ready to go to the Taj. We go there the next morning. <laughs> That was, it was pretty dark when we got there. <laughs> Everyone's gonna be wearing. So, yeah. uh, trust me, as soon as the sun comes up, we're all gonna My be wearing. Got scarves. We're all gonna be wearing these I'm like, we don't want to be disrespectful. Yeah, like, I brought a scarf. We're trying to like fit in with people, and not stand out. Yeah. But we did the opposite. You know, <laughs> everyone else, bro. Everyone else was wearing cargo shorts and polos, <laughs> and we were in cortas. And, and and everyone kept trying to take a picture of me. I'm like, dang, they must think I'm royalty. Like I, they told. <laughs> They told me, the tour guide told me, like, my my um, thing I was wearing was, like, the one for a king. And I'm like, I must be, like, an icon. They must think I'm famous. And it turns out they're taking pictures of me because I had no pants on. <laughs> I thought it was a dress. And our friend John, shout out John, bought an Egyptian woman's dress. Oh, my God. For a good price, though. $110. <laughs> <laughs> but so we show up. We're, like... Most of us are over like six three. Yeah, you guys we are huge. We look like we're a, a, a basketball team. You know? <laughs> Can I please say we no. look like a multicolored Wiggles group? <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. It looks like the Wiggles in ten different colors. That's amazing. That's hundred percent accurate. <laughs> That's amazing. There's not even much more to say. We pulled up as the Wiggles and we left as the Wiggles. We're a family. Wow! Why? What? I want to know what went through your head when you didn't put your pants on. First of all, I wasn't gonna put on basketball shorts. I was just gonna have my underwear, and I was like, "This has to be like correct. It's definitely like the dress sort of deal. I'm not gonna look like a buffoon wearing pants with this thing." And then so I saw, thought maybe I'll just wear shorts just in case it gets a little bit windy. I sit down way I'm not used to wearing a dress. And turns out you need to wear pants. Like they're like, "Where's your slacks?" I'm like, "Okay, I guess I'm looking ridiculous here." And we had lines and lines of people trying to try and take pictures with us, especially really, with actually? the yeah, especially with. It was unbelievable. unbelievable. But not because we were American, because we were wearing terrible outfits. No, no, no. And a friend was dressed as a pregnant <laughs> Egyptian woman. <laughs> Low key, I mean, I guess high key. Taj Mahal was. Amazing. Yeah. Best, best, best like, sight we saw. Absolutely. The only, like, national, like, monument I've ever seen that lives up to the hype. Usually you see it, Taj Mahal. Like, okay, Taj Mahal is beautiful. When you go there, you almost have tears in your eyes. There's like, when no, they tell just, you it's a wonder of the world, it really, it really is, is a wonder of the yeah. world. To it's all the people unbelievable. Exactly. I mean, 100% would recommend going out of any of the wonders of the world we saw. Yeah. Hands down. I, I think collectively. Hands yeah, down. Hands it was beautiful. My parents had never been to the Taj and they lived in India. Really? Yeah, they had never been. And we all went together in 2016. And I was like, I went and they make you put those like things on your feet and oh, all yeah, that stuff. Right. And it's like, it's, yeah, it's beautiful. Like you cry. Like literally you're like, wow, like something like this exists cool. in the world. Yeah, Unbelievable. it's insane. Unbelievable. Wow. So we heard your Ghana story. We heard your Todd story. That's hilarious that you guys forgot to wear pants. We have a lot of listeners in India, so I hope you actually... Good, good. <laughs> we, have a, we have a lot of listeners there, so I hope you guys um, appreciate that. Shout out to our Airbnb guy, Gaurav. How do you say that? <laughs> Gaurav? Yeah. He gave us a motorcycle ride, little night tour. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Um, I wanted to talk about one last thing, the last part of SAS, because I know SAS can be a full episode on its own. 
But I wanted to talk about when you guys came to Tokyo. Oof. <laughs> when you guys came to Tokyo, when you guys came, you guys came my finals week, okay? And I was, you guys, you guys were kind of burnt out by the time. You're like, we're not, we don't have much plan. You guys had a whole travel business on SAS. Everyone's passports. <laughs> on Excel documents, you know, that. creating everyone's name, their passport number, their date of birth, like everything, submitting it to the Airbnb, creating these experiences for people on the ship, on Airbnb, you know, yeah. like doing yeah, that throughout exactly. the whole time. And Tokyo was one of your last stops before Hawaii and then San Diego, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know how I remember that actually. Well Thank you. Um, and so when you guys came to Tokyo, I was so pumped. And I was like, wow, these are my buddies from home. They're so cultured. They're going to come through. <laughs> They're going to come through. And I had invited two of my friends, Ward and Alana. I'm not That's sure right. if you remember. I remember them, yeah. And, um, and by the time you guys came, I had learned how to speak Japanese, read, write. I was bowing to people left and right, like completely converted, okay? And in my perception... I was so excited to see you guys. And one thing I want to say about SAS, which I think is an unpopular opinion, okay? But I think, (laughs) but it's, yeah, I I think this is what my opinion was on SAS when I saw you guys. I think when you're on SAS, you take a pit stop in a country for three, four days, and then you're back in your home, which is your boat, right? Mm -hmm. Do you agree? You agree. So you don't get the experience of being in a country and completely assimilating, 100%. you yeah, know? Yeah, so when you guys came to Tokyo, which is one of the most respectful, everyone's quiet, everyone's, everything's organized, no one's, you know, pumping strong zeros like yeah. on the platform. <laughs> when I was with you guys, I had so much to be honest, like secondhand embarrassment. Because, <laughs> oh god! Because you guys, because there's no alcohol. Just to be clear, there's no alcohol allowed on the ship except for two glasses of wine, right? Correct. So you're not allowed to like party the way you guys are used to, etc. So when you guys dock and you have access to that alcohol, especially when 21 is not that strict of an age, you guys go into the combini, the 7-Eleven, pick up the strong zeros, and walk out. When I saw you guys. I was like, I was like, Matt was gone. <laughs> Matt was on, Matt was on another level. Carl was Carl was chilling. Carl was chilling. He had a strong zero in his pocket, but he was chilling. Josh, I didn't know this, but he seemed fine. But I don't know if he. Was. I was trying to lead the squad because I like brought you everyone. I was just trying to meet. You. Yeah, I know, you. I know, I know, I know. So what I'm trying to say is like. I experienced, I was like, wow, like this is the frat, like this is a frat that's on a boat that's coming off onto Tokyo and just like, like the picture I have of you at Hamazushi with 20 plates stacked up in front of you. I was like, wow, that's insane. But it was so amazing to see you guys like across the world, you know, and to be like, wow, like these are my friends from home and they're here and like I get to meet with them and we walk to that park which was like that was so that fun was like 45 minutes you're like just five minutes down the road an hour later yeah literally literally three strong zeros later three strong zeros later literally exactly 
I was like, wow, this is a taste of America in Tokyo. And because I was so converted, I was like, these guys are being so loud. I remember specifically if Willie's listening to this. Willie. Shout out Willie. Willie, big shout out to you, baby. This is what I have to say. He asked me at the train station. He said, how do you say you're really pretty in Japanese? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, anata wa kire desu. Okay, which means you're very pretty. So I was like, oh, he, I was like, wow, what a cultured guy. He just wants to know how to say you're really pretty. Amazing. I didn't see that two minutes later, there was a Japanese woman just walking <laughs> and he leads into her ear and he's like, Anata wa kire days. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, no, stop harassing the Japanese women. We're just trying to get on the He was just trying to make someone's day. That's all he was trying to do. Oh my God. I know. Anyways, so that's just my experience because I was like so converted into being quiet and walking up a certain way on the escalator and just like all of that. And then when you guys came, when you guys came, I was like, holy shit, you guys need to stop. (laughs) I was like, I was like, hey, you guys need to be quiet. I'm like, you guys need to get down. You know, like straight up. But I want to know what it was like for you guys. Like, what did you think about Tokyo? Because you, Josh doesn't remember. (laughs) Josh doesn't remember any of it. I want to know what you guys, you guys had this weird wig thing going on. I saw pictures of that and I didn't know. It's Japanese culture. (laughs) For the record, I never wore a wig. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. What, What did you guys think of it? You went to Tokyo, dude, like a week after school started. I was like, who the hell is this guy? I loved it. Okay, all yeah, right. I had to go back to go skiing. Someone talk about wig night. <clears throat> Just like why we wore wigs. I, I don't know. I, 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 guess <laughs> I don't really remember. To start off, you were exactly right saying that we were somewhat burnt out. Because it really wasn't like our last like full port, I guess. Yeah. And so we had planned a lot of stuff and whatever. And so when we got to Japan, it was kind of like, okay, like everyone just figure it out for themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, 100%. It's kind of that point the I felt that from you guys. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you're spot on. And we were a rambunctious group of 11 guys that were held on a boat. So when we got off, yes, we are wild. Wild. It, it, it's very similar to like when the Navy comes into port. It's like, okay, yeah. here's all the bars fill up, right? Yeah, so yeah. Clint, so, yeah, shout out Clint. So, anyway, <laughs> anyways, you're spot on. Strong Zero, for the people that are listening, are like the equivalent for of logo. Japanese for logo. Yeah, they're Japanese the price. for locos. Exactly. Half, half the price, eight percent alcohol Double content. Double is good. Yeah, it, Double is good. So <laughs> like, basically, guarantee you for an interesting night, right? Yeah, totally. Um, so, I can tell you I've had some interesting nights on those strong uh, zeros. Exactly right. But <laughs> I, I guess before we got to Japan, <clears throat> we found out this wig thing that you referenced was supposedly a cool thing to do in Japan. So oh really? I was like, okay, we're gonna have a wig night, right? At the oh, bars, wow. this place called Bloom. Supposedly yeah, so I've cool heard of it. Yeah, for, for wigs, so everyone like is gonna find out. Okay, where are we gonna get our wigs in Japan? So we all go get our wigs and have our thing, whatever. So you did. You're exactly right. You saw yeah. us all in wigs, but that was Japan hilarious. For us, I guess, was Kyoto is basically where we ported. So we, Amazing. We, we, we didn't no, really you guys Kobe. ported at Kobe. Kobe, that's Kobe. right. That's right. So we weren't really even in Tokyo. So we went to Kyoto. And did somewhat of the cultural experience, saw some amazing things. Uh, Shintoism was amazing. Shintoism, yeah. Um, amazing. Yeah, I'm sorry I butchered that word. No, no, it's really, okay. It's but, okay. But it really was amazing to learn about. So it was. We did that. We did Osaka as well. And then we went to Tokyo. I didn't do Osaka. That's where, that, so that's where we kind of split up. Yeah, because yeah. they did it Osaka. I went straight from uh, Kyoto. We were <laughs> supposed to go to Fuji. And then me and Shay last minute canceled that and went straight to Tokyo. 
So we had a little bit different of experience. Wow, that's amazing. But I think Japan in general, for anyone that's listening, is 100% a place to go. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, it, I, extremely impressive. And you referenced this idea of, you know, being quiet. And I think all of us, you know, coming back from the bars tonight, we watched people board the subway. Yeah. And, I, and I'll call it board the subway because it really wasn't Literally like a boarding, yeah. That no one talked. Yeah. Was like, they were going to work. So weird. We were going home. Yeah, at 5 a.m. At 5 a.m., right? Yeah. Yeah. Because on Friday nights when I used to go out at 12, people yeah. would come home from work. Yeah. So I used to nuts. leave at 12 and come home at 4 or 5 in the morning. I shouldn't be saying that. Yeah, on the no, podcast, but, no, you're right yeah. and so people would be going to work. It's a very, when you're not studying abroad, it's a very intensive lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's sad because the kids are alone. I mean, yeah, but that but that's the life. That's the life. Kids, so young, young kids, kids going alone. Six in the morning by themselves. Yep. Yeah, by themselves. By yeah. Themselves. I don't know if they're going to school. Or they're going to school. Or, yeah. I, I mean, it, it was it really was amazing to watch that whole cultural aspect go yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, um, and you see it live. That, yeah, that's something you won't really like, and the shoot. Yeah, until you see it. Until you see like, it. Totally. And it's all extremely uniform, which is yeah. really interesting. Like you don't see that a lot in the U.S. Of a lot of. Uh, uniformity but it was all everyone was on board everyone was same ordeal and that was pretty crazy to see yeah yeah it's amazing it's really amazing i had a lot of culture shock the first three four weeks when i came home i'm not going to go into japan because that was insane like it's like going into sas like you can go into it for hours but i remember when i came home i went i left japan i went to cambodia and then i went to thailand and then i went to india saw my family and then i came back in january i remember when i came home the first night I went to sleep here I cried and I was so upset and so bummed to leave oh yeah and I till this day like feel this I grieve like this time and period in my life that I know I'm never gonna get back you know which is what study abroad is and when people say like oh study abroad like talk about like your time abroad like I'm a study abroad kid yeah it's all fun and games until you actually experience something that high in your life Mm -hmm. and then you come back to reality and you're like shit like this actually I have to worry about internships and I have to worry about jobs and I have to worry about what's next and like those people you bond with together in that time place you really hope and pray that you guys stay together and I see that you guys all have and you guys have all stayed We're connected. Lucky, yeah. You guys are very lucky. You guys are very lucky you're on the same in the same country. Yeah. Me and all my friends are all like half of them are in Europe, yeah. the other so half well, are in Japan. One someone's in Thailand. It's tough. wild. It's wild. It's hard. The only so we ones have in Europe. Like that. Like, yeah. Our East Coast our East Coast boys and like everyone else and stuff. Just, yeah, shout like, out Gavin. Shout <laughs> out Kyle, shout yeah. Out yeah. Yeah, so it's it's hurtful. It's hurtful. It's it tough. breaks your heart. It breaks yeah. your heart. Hundred percent. Yeah, it really does. But anyways, that's kind of the end of the SAS segment. Let's. We could go for. <laughs> we could road. go for three more hours, but let's uh, let's start diverge, diverging into part into part two.